You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What up, world? Welcome on and all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, September 24th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you're excited for a riveting edition of Thursday Night Football. The Miami Dolphins, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I am taking Jacksonville. It will be a lot of fun. It's nice to have football back on Thursdays. The Dallas Cowboys, though, will play on Sunday, of course, visiting the Seattle Seahawks. It's time to get to the latest injury report. This is the injury report from Wednesday. A reminder that you can view all injury reports and tons of great Dallas Cowboys news at bloggingtheboys.com. And we found out, by the way, Mike McCarthy, Cowboys head coach, spoke Wednesday morning and said that Chidabe Awuze, who's dealing with a hamstring injury, will be out for a few weeks. This is not ideal for a Cowboys secondary that is already down Anthony Brown. And we would go on to find out is down Trayvon Diggs, who did not practice on Wednesday with a shoulder injury. Tyron Smith did not practice either, obviously missed last week's game against the Atlanta Falcons, still dealing with that neck issue. This is something I don't think we should quite panic on yet. It's a long week. Tyron Smith is a veteran, so if he doesn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, it's it's not the biggest deal in the world, but certainly we do hope that he can play. Remember that Jerry Jones did say on 105.3 The Fan that there was some you know, some planning ahead in mind or maybe some hoping ahead in mind that maybe in not playing Tyron against the Falcons, the Cowboys would have him available sooner again in the future, potentially maybe this Sunday against the Seahawks. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence did not practice either, although this was not injury related. It was Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram that was the first to report as far as I saw that Demarcus Lawrence, his wife, was in labor. So a congratulations to the Lawrence family. Hope all is well on that front. But certainly um, some fingers crossed uh, on the injury front because again Chidabe Wuze now out for a few weeks Trayvon Diggs dealing with this shoulder injury Anthony Brown on injury reserve the Cowboys are down in the secondary and going up against what uh, through two weeks at least is the MVP of the NFL and Russell Wilson that is a very 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 uh, very tough you know batch of cookies to uh, to have to power their way through but speaking of the Seahawks it's going to be a fun game on Sunday Cowboys Seahawks always full of storylines always full of action and to break it down in deeper fashion we brought on a very special guest, a very special friend of Cowboys Twitter. You know her, of course, from the Mina Kimes show, a spoiler alert there, from NFL Live and really from all over the internet. Mina Kimes joins us next to talk all things Dallas Cowboys, Seattle Seahawks, right here on the Ocho. Pleased to be joined now by the one, the only, the shining member of Cowboys Twitter, friend of blogging the boys, Mina Kimes, host of the Mina Kimes show and from NFL Live. Mina, how goes it? Yeah, it's uh, you know, a lot of conflicting feelings this week. 
Um, I am curious about something. Uh, football season's back, and I've seen a million commercials for the boys on Amazon. Is there a show mm. that you were in the middle of or had started, and then football season started a couple weeks ago, and you just haven't seen it since? Um, we were watching Brockmire, which is a, it's over. It was an IFC show with Hank Azaria, who plays a baseball broadcaster. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Um, and kind of had to hit pause on that one. Okay. Well, you know, maybe, uh, you'll see it again in, in March. I don't know. Uh, that does kind of seem like the nearest opportunity. Uh, but yeah, things are crazy and it does feel like you mentioned conflicting feelings. You're, um, I don't say you're two loves, but at least your your longtime love and somebody that's caught your eye are meeting this week. Um, I want to get your thoughts before that we talk Cowboys Seahawks. I know you made the case uh, for why the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy were correct for going for two. Can you at all explain the logic that anybody would have that doesn't agree with your logic? Oh wow. Um, hmm. Okay. For you know, the funny thing is. I don't even feel that strongly about this. Like it's not the difference in probability is not, it, 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 it's not a massive, massive difference. You know, mm-hmm. um, I was more just trying to defend McCart. Like the idea that it's a stupid decision is what I was more offended by, but I guess the logic that people seem to have is they, they think, well, okay, you're better off being down one score right than rather than having to drive twice Mm -hmm. the problem is what they're not accounting for is that your likelihood of converting now or later is the same so i saw someone describe it on twitter this way and i thought this was a good way to think of it think about it this way if you have like one really great two-point play that's going to work um, are you deploying it now or later? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you, you have to think of those two opportunities as being equal. And I think when people argue against it, they're not thinking of them as being equal. They're not thinking of the, the fact that you're not comparing being down eight or nine. You're comparing missing or making it now or later. Right. I think that's well said. I have one last question on this. Say the <laughs> Cowboys had gotten the two-point conversion. So they're down by seven and, and assume the rest of the yes. game plays out. Do, do you would you have supported Mike McCarthy going for two for the win? Um, so that's the other thing I should probably mention, right? That's another reason why you go for it is you have that optionality. If you make it, mm-hmm. you can choose to go for the win. And I'm going to say, actually, this depends on your team and the defense you're playing and the look you're getting. Um, it, 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 to me, it's less about like there's always a right or wrong thing and more about what you think your offense is capable of in any given moment. I think that's well said. All right. Well, that subject has, um, it would have been a bigger deal had the Cowboys lost, uh, but thankfully that was not the case. Um, we actually, we run confidence polls every week across SB Nation, all of our sites, and, and measure the confidence of, of every team's fan base. And Cowboys fans literally have the same level of confidence. That's never happened uh, as long as we've been running the poll. But I guess, you know, it's, it's one of those wins. But um, the state of Russell Wilson's cooking, I, I'm personally wearing a bit on the phrase. Um, I don't know how you feel there. I'm, I'm sure it's mm. fun no matter what. But um, is, is, this, is this peak, Russell? I mean, is, is, I mean that's, that's a bold thing to say, I realize. But it, it does feel like that's who the Cowboys are getting this week. He's been playing super well. The offense has been clicking. Um, the offensive line has been protecting reasonably well, which was kind of the biggest question mark coming into the season. I think if this is the peak, the low was probably the wild card game against the Cowboys, where mm. that Seahawks offense kept kept slamming its head into the wall on first and second down, and that was really frustrating. Um, 
And I kind of lost my mind a little bit over the play calling in that game. So, you know, my attitude towards let rest cook and the Seahawks offense in general has always been, I definitely would like to see more passing on early downs, but more importantly, taking what the defense is giving you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're playing like a, a, a defense like Dallas that has a pretty sus secondary, I would certainly like to see a fair amount of passing. It's interesting how the Seahawks have kind of turned into this measuring of who the Cowboys are every time they play them. There was obviously the the game in 2014 that I know you remember where Rolando McClain iced that game, and that was sort of the 2014 Cowboys announcing themselves as, as a legitimate contender. A year later, Matt Castle almost beat the Seahawks, and that was kind of your, your last level of hope that maybe the Cowboys could do something without Tony Romo. Um, the end of the 2017 season, the first game back with Zeke, uh, that was, you know, the last home game with Dez also, but that was kind of your, your last grasp at maybe who this team could have been going into that playoff run and then you mentioned the wild card game obviously an important moment and there's obviously the fact that Tony Romo was hurt in Seattle in the preseason Mm -hmm. I mean it's a really mystically tied together combination there and I do feel like this is I hate to put so much pressure on a week three game for the Cowboys, but um, as I'm sure you're aware, Mike McCarthy has lost a little bit of favor um, with people. He, he was the the analytically woke dude for a while, and now he's just this guy. And do you view this game as an opportunity for Mike McCarthy? I guess, does he have the most to lose of any one person associated mm. with this game? Interesting. Um, he really shouldn't because this is your hardest opponent. Sure. Uh, for the, I mean, and again, you're, the division is so bad. It looks so bad right now that I, I think Cowboys fans to go one and two would hardly be a death knell for this team. Um, so relax, I would say, first and foremost. You get to play Washington and New York just around the corner and the Eagles ain't looking so hot. Um, but I, I think with McCarthy, given it's weird, right? Because people are talking about him like he's calling the plays. Mm-hmm. But he's not. So um, some of the criticism is a little perplexing, I guess. Um, you know, and I've, I've agreed with some of the, like I said, I agree with the decision to go for two. I, I don't know about the fake punts, but some right. of the things they've done, I, I, I've agreed with. Um, you know, for me, the, if I was a Cowboys fan, I would be frustrated with um, some of the runs on first down, personally. Uh, and... I, you know, in the first game in particular, I thought the, the play calling wasn't particularly creative. It reminded me a lot of the Linehan days. Again, that's Kellen Moore is calling the plays. And then the defense um, is not good. <laughs> but I, I think that should have been the expectation based on the talent going into the season, quite frankly. Um, so I would be more angry on the general manager, frankly, for some <laughs> of the, the asset allocation decisions. So I'm not really sure how any of that falls on McCarthy. Yeah, I think Kellen Moore has, I don't want to say skated by, but it's definitely last for people to blame. He, he's flirting with becoming, and, and this is harsh, um, but flirting with becoming Chris Richard in that mm. incredibly hyped, you know, and, and that yeah. was for, for a very different reason. Um, and But it was kind of in Seattle in 2018 where that came falling apart and Doug Baldwin talked about how they deciphered some of the hand signals that the Cowboys secondary players were using and things like that. And so that's that's why this game just I, – I know there's no data to support that, but it just there's always a, a weird factor that goes into Cowboys Seahawks. Do you think Kellen Moore should be held more accountable than he has been generally? Yeah, I think through the first two games of the season, for sure, given... But, you know, the other thing is, like, I, again, with the Cowboys, too, like, the injuries along the offensive line have been fairly significant. And 
that really affects um, play calling and, and sort of what your offense is capable of. And I think sometimes people disregard that. And there's this assumption that the Dallas offensive line is perfect because it's been for so long. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like I said, there, there's a few things that have jumped out to me that I haven't loved. Um, you know, all the stuff, the usual suspects that nerdy football people want more play action and more preset motion, that kind of thing. Um, and I, I will also add, as far as the defense goes, you've Dallas has played really good offenses, right? Like mm-hmm. the Rams are rolling. I think Atlanta still has a very good offense. Certainly was, you saw that versus Seattle as well. Matt Ryan's playing at a really high level right now. And then now you've got the Seahawks offense, which has been a buzzsaw coming to town. So again, I would really hesitate before drawing major conclusions about this team after these first three games, given the quality of opponent. What do you think the Seahawks secondary is capable of against Dak Prescott? You've spoken highly of Dak for a long time now. Um, I, it, it does kind of feel like if the Cowboys, I, I really, it's, it bothers me that other people are saying like, let Dak cook now. Cause I'm, I'm worn thin on the let Russ cook thing. Like we don't need to just, you know, copy paste it, but um, it feels like that could be the difference because we're, we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, the Cowboys have so many secondary players that are beat up and not practicing. And so mm-hmm. it might be this shootout type game. And so yeah. Yeah. That, that might be where this is won. Do you do you feel like Dak's capable of that? Yeah, I saw Trevon Diggs didn't practice today. That's mm-hmm. interesting. So I need to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I think Dak's played really well. Um, I feel like with Seattle, it's less about the secondary, more about the utter absence of a pass rush, if you watch that, which was something, again, that was very obvious going into the season, but I, I thought it was really, really manifest on Sunday night versus Cam Newton, who just had all day back there on third down. Um, so for Seattle, that puts tremendous pressure on what is a good secondary. They lost Marquise Blair, who's their nickel corner, backup safety, uh, to injury. Quandary Diggs was booted out of the game, but he'll be back. And then there's kind of a trickle effect because of the way they like to use Jamal Adams. Like He's the best pass rusher on this football team, so you want him to be free to blitz. But the problem is now you're down a DB, and you have this sort of domino effect, not trickle effect. So I think... And by the way, in this game, so Bruce Irvin, who was there uh, starting Sam, he's out for the season. So Jordan Brooks, who was their first round draft pick, is slated to start at Sam. So that should be interesting. I mean, Seattle really, really needs one of these young players to step up as a pass rusher. And if not, if they're not able to get some sort of pressure, I think they're in for a fairly long day. The Jamal Adams thing is kind of another weird thread that ties these teams together at least in my mind right the yeah. Earl Thomas, there's just so many fun um you know not I don't want to say dots to connect but so many fun magnets that almost pull towards one another I asked you if Mike McCarthy had the most to lose in this game who do you think has the most to gain individually is it I, I the Seahawks are obviously a very noteworthy franchise and, and Russell Wilson is one of the most famous people in the world but I I I want to lean that direction because his MVP campaign is really rising. And if he beats the Cowboys mm-hmm. in America's game of the week, whatever that I feel like <laughs> that, that hits the nose on that effect. For sure. Yeah. I think, and the same goes on the other side, because it seems like everything that happens with Dallas is treated nationally as a referendum on Dak, even when it shouldn't be quite frankly. Um, so I think if Dallas were to win this game and Dak was to play well, I think that would probably um, be the big story coming out of the game uh and not that it should but I I I for one have been really last week I was heartened to see sort of all the playmakers get involved the distribution 
uh, to the various targets. And, you know, the Dallas is very high powered offense. Um, and I think that's something to, to watch for this week. Can Dalton Schultz, you know, have another mm-hmm. fairly big game. Uh, CeeDee Lamb looks like a legitimate number one, right? So is that going to continue? Um, because again, this is a pretty bad pass defense you're going up against. Well, it is going to be a lot of fun. My last thing for you, Mina, um, on Tuesday, the Atlanta Falcons tweeted a video of Hayden mm-hmm. Hurst chasing down Dak Prescott after the game. I think uh, an underrated element of that, not to focus too much on the onside kick and whatnot, but Hurst, one of the people there, uh, really low moment from a professional standpoint. And, and in spite of that, you know, still chases down Dak really cool on a human level. You spoke to Hayden uh, as, as Twitter kind of connected, and, but a lot of Cowboys fans didn't really know about that until this yeah. particular moment can you just shed some light on Hayden Hurst I know people can go back and listen to that episode of ESPN Daily as well yeah and uh, Hayden wrote about it I believe for the Players Tribune a while ago we can find that on the internet as well but um, you know he uh, first round draft pick in Baltimore uh, traded to Atlanta tight end um, in college he struggled with depression. He didn't know for a while kind of what he was battling with, contemplated uh, committing suicide and has opened up about that and his struggles and his uh, how sort of his uh, reaching out for help and being honest about it um, kind of allowed him, I think, to get to where he is. And he has a really special story and it's been really cool for him to see him open up. And it was really, really cool to see him connect with Dak on that level as someone who myself was really inspired when Dak opened up about that, uh, something that, you know, just was not common at all. And now it feels like not a huge deal to some of us, those of us, but I, you know, it was not common just a few years ago. So I think just to see two NFL players playing at the highest level like that, be honest and transparent about it was really neat. I think that's well said. It was, um, I mean, it was just a great human moment and a great moment for kind of the human spirit. And I think everybody uh, sort of universally agreed with that. Um, it was awesome to see Dak say they could potentially collab. I've never, you know, shorthanded mm-hmm. that word to that. Um, you know, not not on Dak's level, certainly. But uh, we appreciate <laughs> you collabing with us, Mina. We spoke <laughs> to you at the Super Bowl. This was a lot of fun. Right. We know you're very busy. Uh, the Mina Kime Show, NFL Live, um, you know, Brockmire, whatever else. Uh, <laughs> but appreciate you taking the time to join us right. so much. Have a great rest of your week and have a great rest of the season. Anything for Cowboys Twitter. Bye, guys. Want to give a big time shout out, big time thank you to Mina Kimes, of course, known all over the football universe. Again, you can hear her on the Mina Kimes show on NFL Live every day. Mina is a uh, obviously a Seahawks fan, but uh, has planted her flag on the Dallas Cowboys long ago for the 2020 season. So hopefully she's correct and that they are going to be very good as things ultimately bear out. It is week three, and if the Cowboys lose, well, hey, you know, there's a lot of season left. But uh, I think we're all excited to see what goes down this weekend. I do think it has the makings of a shootout and um I I don't mean this the way it sounds but people really um obviously lean on the 2013 Cowboys Broncos game as one of you know Tony Romo's greatest games against Peyton Manning that was an awesome day awesome game whatever this kind of feels to me like this this is peak Dak like Dak maybe kind of I hesitate to say the peak of his powers but certainly really moving and grooving up against Russell Wilson this could be a a really awesome fun quarterback battle uh which would make for a stressful football game which would of course be a lot of fun but uh we'll certainly see how 
the week shakes out. I did want to mention again, um, you can go back and you can listen to Mina's interview with Hayden Hurst on ESPN Daily. Just, you know, if, if you can't find it there, just Google it. And I promise you, you can find it an interview well worth listening to. And you should read what Hayden wrote, as Mina mentioned as well. If you did not hear it, the Atlanta Falcons did tweet out uh, the clip from Sounds of the Game of Hayden Hurst chasing down Dak Prescott as soon as the Cowboys Falcons game ended last Sunday. And, uh, well, you know, you need to hear it for yourself. So here is what Hayden Hurst had to say to Dak Prescott, courtesy of the Atlanta Falcons Twitter account. Hey, I got a lot of respect for what you Appreciate did. Came you. out and talked about me and my mom have a foundation about suicide prevention. Yeah, respect the hell out of you Appreciate for talking you, about it, man. Collab one day. Absolutely. Very cool of Hayden Hurst to chase down Dak Prescott after the game uh, to talk about mental health. Of course, we've talked about here on our show and on all of our shows on the Blog of the Boys podcast network about Dak Prescott's comments about mental health and how brave he was for them. Uh, Very big talking point across the world, really, not just sports and not just football. Um, And so really, really, really awesome to see this moment between Hayden and Dak. If you can, uh, please consider donating to the Hayden Hurst Family Foundation. You can read about what Hayden Hurst Foundation does at HaydenHurstFoundation.com. Hopefully he and Dak Prescott do collaborate one day. I think that would be something that we would all be interested in seeing. And I do also want to play one more bit of audio. Um, I know that he's certainly not somebody that Dallas Cowboys fans are a fan of from a football perspective, but Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers has always been a thoughtful person in the NFL. And he was asked about these comments, um, well, about kind of the exchange and what the conversation has been lately uh, with regards to mental health, etc. Matt Schneidman on Twitter at Matt Schneidman, covers the Green Bay Packers for The Athletic. I tweeted out an interview, or a bit of an interview, excuse me, a bit of Aaron Rodgers' media session on Wednesday. And Aaron threw some kudoses and threw some props Dak's way as well. Here's what Aaron Rodgers had to say, courtesy of Matt Schneidman. I saw what Dak said. I applaud him. I think it's phenomenal speaking out because that's true courage and that's true strength. It's not a weakness at all. It's not, you know, and anybody who attacks it, uh, you know, that has... Other people's opinions of ourselves have really nothing to do with us. The conversation that Dak Prescott created by speaking up and, you know, the fallout of that, we don't have to get into it, but uh, the interaction with Hayden Hurst, Aaron Rodgers speaking up, all very cool and very great moments to see from our fellow human beings. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did also mention that he saw that Dak and Hayden had that interaction, and so it was a really heartwarming moment. Um, So, yeah. Kudos to Hayden, kudos to Dak, kudos to Aaron, kudos to you. Um, we hope you enjoyed the interview with Mina Kimes. want to thank her again for the time. She's very busy uh, just dominating the football world and the football landscape all over the internet and all over television and all over really the world. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Certainly great to hear about the you know strengths and weaknesses of the Seahawks. And like I said, I do think this is going to be a fun shootout between Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson. But of course, time will tell. We'll see what Thursday's injury report has to say. A reminder that later on today, it is Thursday the third day you can hear the latest episode of broadcasting the boys with Ari Temkin and Roy White make sure you subscribe to the blog on the boys podcast network so you get access to all of our wonderful shows and while you're at it make sure you subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show you can hear myself Pete Sweeney and Michael Kist on there every Monday on Monday Football Monday and our co-workers our fabulous friends all over it uh, on the other shows that we have the rest of the days whatever you subscribe to please leave a rating write a review those things are really helpful and uh, yeah that about does it for our Thursday episode it's getting close it's getting fun and I think we're going to have some more fun conversations, more fun podcasts coming down to the Ben later on this week. But for now, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm going to ask you to do me a huge favor, and that is have the absolute best Thursday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.